your email about inviting you to the show. I said I've been following your work for a while. Yes, you mentioned. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Things that like jump out at me and they sometimes put me off reading a work unless I'm like pretty determined to read it. But when I did the work, I didn't see anything, any word misspelled or any typo or, you know, that, that was very impressive. Thank you. I think that you were intentional about that part. Yeah. I like to be very thorough about my work. I feel like if it was worth waiting for, then it should be a very good material. I didn't want to be an eyesore, so I, and then of course I walked to the proofreader who was really as thorough as I am. And so she, she held my hands and, and showed me a few things, especially with, with dangling tenses and getting punctuations right and misspelled words or stuff like that. So yeah, the thing is, I worked on my own and I also had someone who shared the same values with me and we, we had the work together. And yeah. Amazing. Talking about punctuation, you know someone told me your book taught them to punctuate properly. You know, I'm happy I can hear that again. I've heard that before. Someone said to me that she picked up my book and it inspired her to even start writing better. The truth is, I was really hoping that when I was writing Village Fan, that beyond the experiences, it would help people who don't know how to write to write. If you pay attention to how the stories are being told and how the stories are being fleshed out, you definitely see sequence. And and I was really hoping it was going to be material for younger writers. So to hear that again, I'm humble. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'll say the mission was accomplished. Well done. Thank you so much. So, back to where I was coming from before I took that data. Okay. Following your work, one of the things that jumped out at me was the consistency. Not just in posting, but in the quality of what is being posted. Yeah. And so, I'm referring to your Instagram, okay. every work that comes out is like deep thinking has gone into play and so whatever it is you're putting out there, it's not just so that I can meet up with that need to post today. Yeah. Everything is well put together. And I am in this space, I'm thinking, okay, is this thing just for some of us or is it something that everybody has? I'm trying to make a point here, just follow me. Okay. So I sometimes write myself. I mm-hmm. sometimes well, I'm aware of that. <laughs> and I've yeah. read a few things from you. And they are lovely. By so, Thank you. Some of those things that you think are lovely, are some of the things that I don't think anybody would like it, I don't think I should put it out there, I don't think it's worth it. Is this even a good read? You know, those kind of thoughts. Yeah. Is it that most creatives tend to overthink things, or is it just some of us? There is a creative I know, isn't it? Lord Josh, that's why it's called. He, he put a name on it. He calls it perfectionist is that is the that attack creative so after working on something they begin to ask questions like is this project worth finishing it's not that great why waste time on it just flushing down the toilet and no one mm. would like you know do you as an author as a creative do you know what it means for this to be have you ever been there and do you occasionally still get beaten by this bug and how do you deal Okay, very interesting insight. Interesting question you've raised. If I should say that I don't have an experience in that regard, I don't know what it means, so I can't relate to what that book is about, then I'll be lying. Because 
I've had to be there a number of times and I think it's a good place for creatives to be because it keeps you humble but that should be the work of the bug it shouldn't deter you from posting it shouldn't hold you back it's a good place to be as a creative knowing that you're not the only creative in the block um, your work is better completed with other people's um, you need others as much as they need you your piece is not the ultimate, just a shade in the rainbow, right? If a creative or an author ever thinks that their work is the rainbow, then they miss it because the rainbow is the perfection, right? That's the perfection image. But once you consider your work as just a shade in the rainbow, without it, the rainbow is incomplete. On its own, it is not the rainbow. That's the place for every creative to be. It gives you an open mind to collaborate with people and gives you a humble disposition to know that you're an authority, but it's not all there is. That's my perspective to managing this book, right, when it hits me. See, it's always a good place to be, really. I do not see it otherwise. If not, I burn. I mean, if one person tries to create perfection, the person is really going to burn themselves. And, and I don't want to be that. I'm too young. <laughs> I'm too young to burn myself in that regard. How did you reach this perspective? How? I don't know how to say this, but... I'm a creative, I, I write, but I have learned a lot from my spiritual journey. I do a lot of meditations. In fact, most of the things I write come out from that meditation. I'm not always meditating on myself. I meditate on the thoughts that I meditate on the thoughts that are in the scriptures, Jesus' words, the words of the prophets, stories from scriptures and all of that. The Bible is, is what I see with often so it's easy to learn this perspective if you have the bible very close to you but i'm saying even without the bible you can still hold on to it but the bible has a way of giving you strengthening that conviction and, and urging it in your heart so that you don't easily forget yeah the heart can also forget but then but you have the bible god's word and then you can remind yourself about that every now and then yeah, so that leads me to my next question. I was going to actually ask you how your faith intersects with your work, how it influences your work. Does it limit you in any way? You see, there is this thing out there. So okay. Let me take musicians, for example. People who, who sing often think that we shouldn't let our faith influence the words that we put out there because there is a kind of popularity that comes to words that are not influenced by the scriptures. Mm. And so I want to ask, as a book author, do you think the same, that your faith limits you and stops you from expressing your words in a particular way? Do you understand that question? Yeah, I understand, but I do not think so. Okay. I, I beg to differ. It, yeah, because you have the image, right? You have a certain image you carry, and so you want to write in that regard. But I don't think I'm limited. I think I'm directed. Yeah. So limitation is, I want to go this way, but I'm not allowed to. But I'm saying, I think what I have is a direction. I have a direction to go, so I have a path I'm following. And I'm not limited to advance as much as I want to, but there's just the direction. I, I don't take every route. 
I have a direction I can advance as further in as I want to, but I can't take any route. It has to be that one path. Yeah, I'll have different milestones on that path, but that's how I like to see it. And I think that's a better way. It's better to have a direction than to just be so random and having nothing to stand for. Wow. You know, those words, I am not limited, but directed to be plastered on the forehead and be Come carried around. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Come on now, please. Well, that, should, that should be like the response to everyone that asks you the reason why you're not just flowing with the trend and then just doing things the way people expect, you know. Yeah. The yeah. prevalence of decadent in the society now and it, it's becoming more horrible to watch you know mm. people yeah. just writing things that doesn't even help your yeah. spirit of and, and then it's important to be able to stand in the same space and when they ask you do you even know what you're doing you, you can just say i'm not doing that thank you i'm going to keep that one thank you what are the struggles? It was a bit difficult to tag this particular episode we are having right now because I, yeah. I didn't describe it as struggles. Like, why would you say it's struggles? Like, can't you do this? Mm-hmm. So I asked about it for a bit of time. At a point, I wanted to tag the episode Village People. <laughs> you know, I was like, that one, I'll be like, how dare you? You know, <laughs> back, I think my mind about that particular topic, and so I had to go back to thinking about what I already chose the struggles of pictures. The struggles yeah. of is it really a struggle, or is it how I'm seeing it? And so, I would like for you to talk on that subject for a bit if it is a struggle. What are those struggles? And I think that from the beginning, who are creators? Who are those people that fall into that category? So someone who doesn't even understand what all of this is about can get into the flow and understand what we are talking about today. Okay, let me hammer on, on, on that from the, from the top and I hope I do a good job. A creator is someone who has a burden in their heart to bring out this other world. So there are two worlds. There's the reality around the creative person. By the way, creative is human in this case, it's human being. He has the world around him and he has a world within him. He sees the world around him as flawed. He sees the world within him as better and he tells himself or herself, how do I bring in the better world to influence the flawed world? That question is the first burden or struggle of the creative. And so you have expressions, you have music, you have art, you have writing, you have different forms of creation. Whatever form you really would want to use to inspire the flawed world, or however it is you want to impose the better world on the flawed world, that journey is called the creative journey. Does it make any sense? What are the struggles? Um, who do I take along in this journey? Who, who do I learn from? What can I do better? Where's my audience? Are people listening? Because the idea is to make sure that the flawed world is being impacted by the better world. 
how do I measure my impact? These are the two jobs that create space. Yeah. And I think it's just answering one question at a time. Start with what is my why? Do I really want to impact this flawed world, a better world? Or am I looking for a following? Do I want to have some do I have some selfish interest in, in all of it? I think learn to, to clarify that why and let people let people be true to themselves and then we would not be able to go further in answering. By all men sit down and think deeply. Start with why. Why do you want to do what you intend to do? And it sort of reminds me of that post about how the seed would not grow by likes and comments alone, but by convictions rooted deep within. So I still want you to answer that question about if it is a struggle or it's a problem of vision. So because I said if we answer the question of the why, then we can then respond to the rest of them. It's always a problem of purpose, intent, purpose, intent, and not really a struggle. All right. So how does the environment negatively, how does it influence creativity? Hmm. It does so largely, I would say. I mean, I've been privileged to experience different kind of worlds in this small life. In this small life of mine, I've, I know what it is to be firsthand suffering. I know what it is to be in, in exquisite and, and very pristine places, in places of royalty. I know what it means to be low and I know what it means to fail. I know what it means to have great success. Um, so because I have all these uh, situations, I can really relate. Environment is very powerful. Sometimes you have an outburst in a very terrible environment, and you can and you can find your creative spark there. And sometimes you just need a very you need a very different environment to get out some different forms of writing. If I see a person's form of writing, for example. I can almost tell from which from the environment in which they've immersed themselves into. So there's always that connection. But I would really encourage that writers, for example, as creatives, should keep in touch with different forms of worlds or environments so that their writing is rich and not one way and diverse and can touch and can impact people in the, in the low lows and the high highs. So, because it's a world, you can't really say, I'm writing for the rich folks, I'm writing for the poor guys. The environment is a very great influencing factor for creative processes. But the point I'm trying to make is vary your environment and be sure that you're having the right views of amount of each environment per time. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So there are downtimes in the lives of every creative. That's true. Yeah, where your flow just sort of fizzles out and disappear. And you, you know you want to write something, but sometimes you don't even know what, what about or how to go about that particular topic you're burning in your heart. How do you stir up those waters again? 
okay i'm going to just do like bullet points because it's pretty much limited in, our, in the conversations we've had so far number one change your environment always try to change your environment do something different you cannot afford a new city try a new state you cannot afford a new state try a new house you cannot afford a new house switch things up change your workstation move things around your apartment light up candles scent candles wear a new perfume that smells really good take yourself out for some spoiling go to the water side and and go there with your writing material change your system a bit or vary it a bit more for example you don't always have to carry a laptop around go with a journal you don't always have to carry a journal go with a recorder like a phone recorder or something anything that can pick your audio if you don't have to do that try out other creative expressions try painting try there's no one way to this so the, the thing is whenever it is you're getting stuck vary your work that diversity that variation should be there and um, go for some karaoke anything at all it, it helps you distract that la la land that's what i call it where you are in the zone you want to do much for your stock you're hypnotized you hypnotize at nothing and you can't really do anything but you have a lot going on in your heart wow i took down though hey, come on now <laughs> all of those points about varying your environment and i'm going to have to try try them out so I, I believe for you to mention them they most likely work for you yeah yeah those are for my experiences really experiences of friends that i've had to interact with so tell us about this new book you're writing. How ah. are you Okay. It's a very interesting book. Villageman accounted for the period 1819. The new book is accounting for the period 1922. It's a lot it's a lot longer. It's the life of a city man. <laughs> My debut book was Village Man and this one is going to be City Man. So it tells a lot of stories. There's a lot of love stories in it because people attacked me to say why did a Danny story end so shortly I told them you know I'm going to give you a book that is going to have a lot of love stories in it so yeah this one has that I'm writing City Man to inspire people to love more I'm writing City Man to inspire people to be more gentle with others be more considerate I'm writing to tell the stories of a very flawed city and how that the lives here are I shouldn't be giving out too much but yeah I'm uncovering a lot of stories I've interviewed a lot of people I've experienced a lot and I'm putting them in a book so for people who are coming into new cities what to expect how to find their way around especially in a busy one like Lagos so the stories really bother around Lagos but there's a sprinkle of Abuja and Mina and a couple of other cities in it yeah but the story, the story's main city is Lagos. City man, that's the book. Yeah, city man. <laughs> I'm just over ready. I can't wait to read it. So when you say 1819 and 1922, are those like pseudonyms for 2019 and 2022? 
That's correct. So 1819 is 2018 and 2019. So merging the two periods together is 1819. 1922 is between 2019 and 2022. So merging the periods together is 1922. That's my creative way of leaving some mystery behind there. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out because I was like, okay, 1819 was even born then. <laughs> No, I have a question. Where would you put Abdul come back after six months? Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Can we find you and your work? Those words are the next few web categories. If you put in Jeremiah or Sipi on Google, you should be able to find me anywhere Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I have my emails too. So, yeah, any of my social accounts will lead you to any one of them. Okay. And if we want to get a copy of your book, Oh, there's bit.ly forward slash the village man. That's the link to get it either in hard copy or in soft copy, however it is you want. I would like to thank you very much for coming on this episode. I've had the most insightful time. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I had a good time. Thank you so much. You know, all of those words of wisdom freely doled out, evenly sprinkled in every second and minute of this episode. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was good having you here. I'm grateful. Thank you for the time, Emma. All right. So we have come to the end of this episode. Bye. <laughs> I totally enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So, bye. Bye. So we have come to the end of this episode. But before I go, I feel like I owe it to listeners who have not read Village Man yet. Because if you have not read it, you should get it. But the point is, some of you must have wondered who Adani is. She was mentioned in the first part in this one. And so if you wondered about her, well, she is the girl, or should I call the lady? She is the lady that we sort of got a cliffhanger on now that I think about it. It is one of the parts that accounts for the suspects in this book because everyone that I've met who has read Village Man, their first question is always, what became of Adani? That couldn't have been the end of their relationship. You mean that was it? <laughs> well, everyone who reads a book becomes a soul family. You would agree with me because it's like we all went on the same journey, experienced the same thing. And so some of us might feel it differently. Or it's like a family, maybe not by blood, but by the journeys we've been on. So to all the family of readers and book lovers out there, I see you. (laughs) As you well know, I love to hear your feedbacks and reviews. So you can send me a message at bookishamus at gmail.com or reach out on Instagram at bookish with Amos. Thank you very much for coming on this journey with me and until next time, yours truly, Amos.